Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner, where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Hey, Fidelity. How can I remember to invest every month? With the Fidelity app, you can choose a schedule and set up recurring investments in stocks and ETFs. Oh, that sounds easier than I thought. You got this. Yeah, I do. Now, where did I put my keys? You will find them where you left them. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE SIPC. Hey, parents. You're listening to the Project Parenthood podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nanika Kaur, clinical psychologist and respectful parenting therapist. I recently received an email from a stepmother requesting help with handling her stepchildren. Here's her email, which has been edited for clarity. I'm writing you because I honestly don't know how to handle so many situations with my stepchildren right now. I have three stepchildren, all girls, ages 8, 10, and 15. Right now, I'm just referring to the younger two. Our 10-year-old is extremely stubborn, and always has been, and doesn't like to do anything that doesn't benefit her. If you ask her to do anything, I mean anything, she says no. Examples. Can you feed the dog? Her response. Are you going to pay me? Then no. Can you please get your grandmother a glass of water? No. When I grew up, we treated adults with respect, and I get no respect from her. It's not just me, it's her dad as well. She treats us both the same. She fights with me every time I have to wake her up in the morning. She doesn't respect that I have to do things on a particular time frame. She can also say very mean things for absolutely no reason. And her response when it's pointed out is, I was only kidding. Our eight-year-old says mean things as well, calling people names and just saying ugly things to people. This is on a daily basis for the eight-year-old. She's also been saying no to a lot of things as well. I get that kids will say no to things, but this is for everything. I'd love some advice on how to handle them. I hate fighting all the time, and I'm willing to listen and try something new because what I'm doing isn't helping. They all think they're entitled to anything and everything. What can we do? I knew just who to go to for help answering this listener. Coach Naja Hall, the founder of the largest blended family community for millennials, Blended and Black. She also runs VIPstepmom.com, a membership community for stepmothers. As a certified coach and educator and stepmom of three, she understands that the family is the most influential entity of human development, and her work centers around helping individuals, couples, and families navigate some of life's toughest transitions. Host of the popular podcast, I Know I'm Crazy, with Naja Hall, and the author of the Amazon best-selling book series, Girl Bye. Naja's life work is to teach empathy, accountability, and emotional intelligence through the art of storytelling and genuine human connections. I think you'll enjoy our conversation and come away with a better understanding of how to interact with stepchildren in healthy ways, the importance of effective communication with your partner, 
and troubleshooting relationships with ex-partners. Here's our chat. It's so wonderful to have you here on Project Parenthood. I wanted to start with just finding out a little bit from you about your coaching practice and um, a little bit about what you do and what your specialty is. Okay. Hey, everybody. And thank you so much, Dr. Nanika, for having me here today. Um, my name is Naja Hall. I am a family and life coach. I'm a certified family life educator. And what that means is I take people in some of the most dire, tough life transitions and I help them through the other side. I, I, I fashion myself as a person that holds a flashlight to the other end of the tunnel. My specialty though, <laughs> I have a lot of specialties, but one of them, my favorite ones is helping people in blended families or also called step families. Um, because as we know, when raising children in two different households after a couple uncouples, things can get tough. You still have outlying feelings. You still have finances. You still have, and then, oh my goodness, don't mention other people that are brought into the picture. That makes things very difficult. And so someone like me will come in and just work with everyone that's willing to have the help to, um, reestablish their norm, get back to a new norm. I wanted to know a little bit about, so if I were in a blended family, a step family, you know, what can you help me with? If I come to you and I say, you know, Naja, I'm having some trouble with my partner. My, my husband is, is quite permissive with, with, with the children, with his two children who are tweens, you know, that sort of eight to 11 age. And, and they are challenging kids and, they are quite resistant and they can be a little bit challenging. They say challenging things, things that could be hurtful, things that can be like cause a lot of conflict, right? Like they, they sort of can, can start a lot of conflict. And the partner, the person you've married, who's their, their father is a little bit more permissive with them. A little bit, you know, they're, he, he's not like, He's not great at setting boundaries, not great at setting limits. And so you're sort of left in this position of having to be the heavy, right? Having to be the person who like lays down the law with these children who are not your children. So where do you, what do you do in those kinds of situations? Oh, I don't advocate for any step parent having the responsibility of laying down the law <laughs> with their stepchildren. It takes a really long time to establish that respect love-based relationship with children that you didn't birth or it's children that you're not biologically related to. And so number one, they're going to be really adverse to it. I tell any step parent, especially, you know, let's just say you were one of my clients and your husband was super permissive. I would say, honey, you got to pretend like you're the cool auntie. You can't come in laying down the law because number one, these children are not accustomed to an adult fig figure setting boundaries with them. Number two, if they don't respect their parent then naturally they just don't know how and what respect looks like. They've not been able to define that for an authority figure. First thing I would do is, you know, we got to look at parenting styles because we all come into these relationships. We fall in love with each other and then we meet one another's children. And we would think that just because we're in love with each other, we have the same outlook on finances and religion and parenting style. And that rarely ever happens. And so if you are a step parent, I'm going to assume that the people listening, if you are a step parent, that means you have an established relationship with your partner, a love-based relationship. It's cohesive. You're planning on being with this person for the duration. That means that your, their kids are around and that means you know these children 
And you already saw the behavior before you decided to proceed with this relationship. So there was something in you that was hopeful, (laughs) that was prayerful. Maybe your partner promised that they would learn to set boundaries or learn how to parent or go to therapy or put their children in some sort of program where they could get uh, the proper type of discipline. So if you're in this position, I'm going to assume that you kind of knew exactly how these children were. You just didn't realize how it would affect you. And so if we separate this, let's separate. All right, these kids are like this, but it's affecting me like this. It's causing me dis-ease. I feel awful. I'm starting to not really respect my partner. And so if you could simply step back and say, all right, am I really trying to force my parenting norms on these kids? But a lot of us, Dr. Nanika, as you know, we got our parenting norms from our own parents. We either do exactly what they did or we are committed to being exactly different than they were. And so the first thing I would encourage anybody to do is say, all right, what perspective am I coming from? Because, you know, like I was raised, can't speak for everybody. Kids should be seen and not heard. You don't get to express your feelings. The adults in the house, their feelings are centered. And so that created a whole lot of other things that I had to unlearn. And so just for the sake of shortening this answer, you got to talk to your partner. Your partner has to be open to learning how to parent. I'm not saying that they're a bad parent, but they have not customized their parenting style for these two particular. um, um, They have to learn how to parent these particular children. I've seen so many separations and divorces happen because a step parent or um, could not find a way to coexist with the child. Or children were causing major upheaval. I just had um, a couple client of mine decide to unhome and live in two different homes until their children are 18. They still are dedicated to one another and they're still deciding to stay married. But they're like, you know what? I don't like the way you parent. My kids don't like you. Your kids don't like me. Let's break this thing up. Wow, there was that much conflict. They had to separate it. Yes, absolutely. So if you don't want to lose your relationship, there are options for you. But before you do something as egregious as that, you have to have a conversation with your partner. And what you'll find is most of my answers for everything are going to go back to the same thing is communication. Right. And if you're finding that your partner is not willing to hear you and you've tried everything, then. Well, maybe you need some help. Maybe you need to come to coach Naja. Maybe you need to go to a therapist. Maybe you need, maybe it's gotten, you know, larger than you can handle on your own. Absolutely. And you know, to just to be frank, Services like the ones that you and I offer wouldn't be necessary if people could handle this stuff on their own. You don't have to be equipped to think, oh, I'm just going to talk to them over dinner and it's done. You know, you can go seek the help of a professional and just make sure that your partner is open. Make sure your delivery is soft enough, Mm -hmm. uh, but yet firm enough. And they understand that there are consequences if they don't act, because who wants to exist with children running the household? Absolutely. So what I'm hearing you say is that there's, you know, when you are, if you are a step parent who's having some conflict with the stepchildren, you know, first of all, think about sort of take stock of where you're coming from, you know, as a parent, what is, what are your parenting values? Right. What are you expecting? What are your expectations? And then also talking to your partner, what, what are your expectations for your child and what are mine and how do those match up? And can we make this work? You know, what's the best way to invite cooperation? from one stepchildren, you know, especially if they're resistant, you know, if they're, you know, is there a way that, you know, is there, you said just now a way of being soft, like, let's say you have maybe a tiny bit better of a relationship, like there's some relationship there, but you know, they can be a little bit, um, 
standoffish. Yeah. Like they have yeah. those moments, those teenagery or tweeny moments where mm-hmm. they're just a little bit like, like really resistant. <laughs> yeah. But, and it would be one thing maybe if they're your bio kids, but when they're not, it's like a more delicate situation. Like, do you Absolutely. have any, any tips for that? Absolutely. So one of the things is we we know that depending on where a child is in the life cycle, that's going to determine a lot. You don't deal with a tween the same way you deal with a 16 year old. There's a massive difference. But first, let's just ask, why is is this child so detached? Why are they so angry? Are they being alienated? Is, Is their other parent simply discouraging them from getting close to you? Do they feel guilty for liking you? One thing I found with most stepkids is that they find themselves in a loyalty bind. Even if the other parent, their mother or father is super cool with you and you guys go to baseball games and their parent has given them permission to like you, they still feel a little bit of guilt about that. And they want to include their parent. And sometimes they'll simply stay away from you because they don't know how to handle feelings of affinity for you and their other parent. First thing I would encourage any adult to do, because we are the ones that's running the show. I mean, you know, kids think we got it going on and we know what we're doing. None of us really do. So one of the things I think you could do just to look like you know what the heck you're doing is invite the child to do activities that you know that they like. Show them that you're observing some of their favorite activities. I don't want you to buy them or buy their time or or bribe them. But I've learned that kids love talking about themselves and their interests. When I found out that my stepdaughter liked Sims, I don't know if you guys, you guys know what Sims are. I learned Sims. I downloaded it on my computer and I made a little Sims character. She thought that my character was so jacked up looking, but she just thought that was the funniest thing. She was like, Miss Naja, oh my God. And I was like, yeah, girl, you know, you know so it was, it was just my way of, yes, by just having mutual interests. Another thing that I do with children is I talk, 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 talk. That's one thing I learned from my mom. Um, talking to them about whatever, because you have to give these children nuggets. You have to give them references, plant them, plant these seeds in their head about who you are. You can say, you know, when I was my age, me and my mom would do this and then we would do that and just tell them stories because this literally helps them to visualize you as a human being. So many times these kids dehumanize us because we're not mom, we're not dad where are their parents other person Mm. and so there is a level of this initial detachment so you have to really work to humanize yourself because how many of us i mean i can vividly remember my childhood even though i'm getting further and further away from it there were some adults who i thought were so cool and i just wanted to be like them but then there was some that was so untouchable that um placed themselves so high above me and my perspective that I felt nothing in common with them. And so, like I said at the top, you know, if when in doubt, be that cool auntie or cool uncle. Cause we all had one of those. Yes. You know, they would like, when you were 20 instead of 21, they would buy you beer and they'd be like, you're like, Hey, I need a, a hotel room for my prom. They're like, all right, don't tell your mom or dad. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. With your not, we're not condoning it. No, I'm not condoning any of that. But, you know, just be that person that's kind of the liaison between a friend and a parent. Yes. Especially when you're just starting out. That's such a great idea, especially when you're sort of trying to establish connection with, yes. with new kids. Another thing that I was thinking about is when you're in that dating phase, right? You're in the dating phase. And let's say you have children, your partner has children, those children haven't met each other. Maybe I haven't even told my children that I'm dating anybody, but it's been a year now, year and a half, maybe even two years. Like, like, I mean, when, how long should I wait before 
I like when I'm in a relationship to know when it's okay to say, okay, kids, I'm dating this person. Like, how do I start, start even establishing a relationship between my children and my new partner? I love this question because anytime I answer it and give a definitive answer, people online, especially that's when you get the comments like, you can't tell me when to introduce my kid. I'm like, no, I can't, but I can give you best practice and I can tell you the probabilities and you can do what you want to do from there. So typically I would say when you feel like this person is actually going to be in your life for the long haul, that's when it's okay to introduce your kids. Now I'm not talking about when you're in the lust phase of your relationship or when you're in the definition phase or you're in the redefining phase, when you're out of all of these phases and you say, you know what? I can see something with this person. And the one last thing that I need to do is see how we're going to be with one another's kids. That's when you know it's time. I would hope that most of us are responsible and we understand that our children are very capable of forming deep connections with these people. And should you break up, that means your child has to break up with them too. If they have kids and um, your kids and their kids, they become really close friends or they see one another as uh, step siblings, everyone, you literally have to separate another family. So think about the trauma that you will be potentially causing your child if you just didn't wait and exercise extreme patience. That makes so much sense. I'm glad you're bringing that up. I'm glad you're bringing up the idea that thinking about the impact on the children, right? It's not just about you know, joining the families together as like one big blob, you know, they're individual humans that are all going to have a different reaction to this melding of families. Yeah. You just never know what's going to happen with your kids and how they're going to take to your new partner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's not just one person, you know, when you bring this person into your life, there's so many people that are affected. It's you, it's your kids, it's your child's other parent, because now they have to maybe battle with some feelings that they've not yet had to face. And so that could be a whole, a whole nother can of worms that's being opened. So there's a lot to consider when we're thinking of blending. Oh, that's a lot. You know, one thing that you brought up beforehand that I know that is another one of your specialties is the high conflict, right? Like the high conflict. And I'm imagining that this is usually when one partner repartners, and the the former partner is really having a difficult time with yeah. their par- their ex partner having a new partnership and their children having a relationship with another adult. What are good tips for me? And what are good tips for me if I'm the step parent and you know this is my my partner's ex? And yeah, like what do we do as adults to manage this situation? We gotta just ask ourselves first. Okay, is this person high conflict? Do they have an overall high conflict? personality? Do they have a pattern of broken relationships with everybody, their mama, their sisters, Mm. uh, their co-workers, their cousins, all of their relationships? Or is this just situational? Are they having a tough time right now in this one um, very small pocket of their lives? And so if you say they're the first personality type, meaning, nah, there's kind of smoke everywhere they go. It's not just me. Then I would say, first thing, don't engage. You absolutely do not engage. You do not negotiate. Unfortunately, some of these high conflict personalities, they tend to be quite litigious. Mm. They're going to keep you in court. You're going to spend a lot of money should you decide to go that route because mediation is probably going to be impossible with them. While it would be nice and free for everybody, they just won't be able to agree. Another thing is I think you have to look at what you want long term. 
are you able to really reason with this person? And if they are a true high conflict personality, meaning they're just not hurt right now, they don't just have a broken heart right now, or they're shocked because their son might have a new stepmom or stepdad. If they are simply in totality, a high conflict person, the best thing you can do for you yourself as a co-parent or as a step parent is make sure you warn everybody and set the firmest boundaries that you can think of. Get on the co-parenting apps, meaning they're not allowed to call you up. They're not allowed to text you all willy nilly whenever they want to. There are specific apps for people that are in high conflict co-parenting situations that the courts have you to use. That means your attorney and the judge has a record of everything that's said. They'll be less likely to disrespect you or steal your parenting time or just um, cause things to upset the, the flow of how things are supposed to go. And so there's a lot of things that you can do to just really confine this person. You don't want to give them free reign to all areas of your life. First thing is cutting off or really limiting that communication. And then when you do have to engage, make sure you keep it about the kids. Keep it 100% about the kids. If they cuss you out and call you every name in the book and you're a bad parent and I'm going to pick little Timmy up at seven, but I hate you and you're stupid and you're a cheater and a liar. You say, okay, thank you. I'll see you at seven. You have to become so non-reactive that it's almost robotic. Some people would call that the gray rock method, being completely not emotional and non-reactive. I also want you to consider though, like I said, on the other hand, if this person is just heartbroken, because we all know how it feels. Heartbroken, heartbreak feels, it's like a physically sick feeling. You know, you, you, some of us get sick to our stomachs and you're humiliated and you, you're questioning everything about yourself. And if you have to co-parent with a person and you know that they've moved on and they're already happy, but you're still broken, I don't imagine that most of us would be able to function at our ideal, as our ideal self. Absolutely. And so this is where you do have to exercise more patience and understanding and say, you know what? I know they're a good person. They're having a tough time right now. Um, I am going to protect myself and my new relationship and the kids, but I'm going to try to be understanding. As long as it's not harming your mental health and they're not harming your children, I would say exercise a little, a little bit of patience. Give them some grace. You know, I, people are like, well, how long are you supposed to be graceful? How long are you supposed to take and I don't want you to take abuse. I'm not advocating for anybody taking abuse. I don't want you to say, well, it's okay if they name call me because this is not how they usually are. No, no, no. You let them know up front if they try to step out of bounds like that. Hey, I won't, I won't deal with name calling. I understand you're hurt right now, but these are the things I can't tolerate. If you do this again, I will limit communication with you drastically. And then uh, there's no specific time frame for when another person's going to be okay. So you really have to just um, gauge how they're communicating with you. And if you see progress, if you start to see a pattern, you know, that's probably how it's going to be. But if you start to see progress, especially if they start to acknowledge, hey, I was in a bad place. I was acting ugly. I'm sorry. If they acknowledge it and they fix the pattern and there's changed behavior, then I think you have yourself um, a really, a a possibly very cohesive co-parenting situation. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're thinking of step families and, and the kind of work you do and the kinds of conflicts that can arise, what's one myth you'd like to debunk about step families and step parenting? Okay. So when I first got in this business, there was a statistic that was going around and I don't even know where it came from, but I saw it on every big, like all the big websites, all the big blended family or step family websites. And it said, it takes the average family 
five to seven years to blend. Mm. And I've said that on so many people's podcasts, including my own. So many videos I've written in so many articles. I've posted the memes and I come to find out that ain't true. It is not a fact. Well, obviously there's no set amount of time um, because the fact of the matter is Dr. Nanika is that some families never truly blend. They just develop this um, respectful tolerance for each other. Some decide that they are not going to be cohesive and they're not going to work together. And they never, they go through entire lifetimes. I'm meaning from marriages to birth to funerals and they still make someone makes a decision that they would rather err on the side of conflict as opposed to being cohesive. And so I'll say this, there are certain personality types in families and certain family cultures, because we all know each and every individual family system has its own household culture. There are some family cultures that simply, um, there's people that exist that are compassionate, that are understanding and that lead with love. And those people might blend in six months. They might just be like, you know what? We want peace and happiness and we're going to figure this out. We're going to put our children first, even though we're not together as parents anymore. And our children, and we've taught our children to be very compassionate humans, and they're going to show respect and deference to the other adults. And then sometimes, you know, you got family cultures. It's like, listen, we're just going to fight. It's war and that's what it's going to be. And I don't want peace with you because I don't know what peace looks like. I know how to live in chaos. That's all I know. And that's what I'm going to give you. So there's no time frame. There's no time frame. That's that's something that I really want to just go and clear up because that's misinformation that I learned that I adapted and started to spread. So clearing that up, y'all, there's not a time frame. Right. It happens when it happens and and it happens if it happens, depending on who the individuals involved are. Yes. Yes. We can't make such a um, generalization when it comes to something so intricate and delicate as family, as human beings and human personality. Mm-hmm. So as we're coming to the end today, I'm wondering if there's, you know, if, if parents could only retain like one little nugget of information from our conversation today, um, what would you want them to walk away with? If you take one thing, if you can, I hope you take everything away, you guys, but if, <laughs> but if you only take one thing away, I can't stress the importance of communication. The C word, my one of my favorite C words is communication. That's going to get you through so many issues. If you have an issue with something that someone said to you, or you need a stepchild to go and clean up, or you don't like how your partner is parenting, or you feel disrespected, you have to find ways to, and let me even add you one on top of that, effectively communicate. Effective communication is going to solve so many of your would be problems before they even become big problems. So please focus on effective and conscious communication. Oh, I love that. Conscious communication, oh, yes. compassionate communication, connected mm. communication. Mm. I love mm. it all. I love it all. It's all good. Well, thank you so much, Coach Naja, for being here. Thanks so much for sharing your in- information, your expertise, and your experiences. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I hope you all uh, got something. I hope you got something from this. Absolutely. And is there, I'm wondering, you know, now that we're um, wrapping up, I wanted to know if you want to share with the audience any of your, your projects and something that they might be able to partake in from you. Yeah, I know you have a membership oh, yeah. group, all this stuff. Tell us about all the stuff. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So 
I make myself very available on the internet. And so if you just go to najahall.com, N-A-J-A Hall, then you'll find my both of my Amazon bestsellers. I have a journal for specifically that's for biological mothers and stepmothers that are just trying to figure out not how to be best friends, but how to tolerate one another, one another and build a respect-based relationship. Because I find with, with women, that's kind of tough. If you yourself are a stepmother, meaning you identify as um, female and you have married a person that had children before you, then I have an entire membership community for you. I have Instagram page. I have uh, Blended in Black is one of my communities. Uh, VIP Stepmom is another one of my communities. And just to put it out there, my communities are uh, open to every single human being. As long as you are respectful and you're in a position to either teach or to respectfully learn, then I welcome you. I don't care where you are, who you are, how old you are, what you look like. I would love to have you as a part of every single one of my communities. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. You can find out more about Coach Naja Hall at blendedandblack.com and at vipstepmom.com. You can learn more about my work with parents at www.brooklynparenttherapy.com and on Instagram at BKParents. That's B-K-P-A-R-E-N-T-S. If you have more questions about blended families or any other parenting questions or stories, leave me a message at 646-926-3243. And be sure to let me know if it's okay to use your voice on the show or send an email to parenthood at quickanddirtytips.com. And don't forget to subscribe to Project Parenthood on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Catch you next week. Project Parenthood is a quick and dirty tips podcast. It's audio engineered by Dan Firebend with script editing by Adam Cecil. Our operations and editorial manager is Michelle Margulies. Our assistant manager is Emily Miller. And our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. That's all for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Save big money on everything. Now at Menards. Make quick work of your outdoor cleaning project with Master Force Outdoor and Landscaping Tools. The 80-volt cordless trimmer is powerful, efficient, and hassle-free. So you spend less time working on your yard and more time enjoying the results. On sale now through May 19th. Check out our wide selection of Master Force tools and see the rest of our deals on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.